Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for creating the heavens and the earth for us. And thank you for providing a way for us to know who you are. Through your word, God, we can learn about your plan for us and apply that knowledge to our life. Father in heaven, open our hearts and our minds today as we go to your word. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. Hi, I'm Bill Neenhouse. I'm president of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry based in Bellingham, Washington. We're dedicated to delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ to children across the globe. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. Child Care Worldwide works in countries all over the world, and today I'd like to talk about our work in India. As you may know, India is not a predominantly Christian country. In fact, only 2.3% of people profess to be Christians there. The dominant religion in India is Hindu with 84.1% of people practicing Hinduism. That's a huge gap in a country with over a billion people. But I know that we serve a mighty God who not only loves us, but also works miracles. Let me tell you the story of Rohini, a 15-year-old girl who lives in Chennai. Yes, Rohini and her family practice Hinduism. One of the beliefs of Hinduism is that all souls are immortal. The soul has not been created, and it has not been destroyed, it just is, and always will be. The action of a soul while in a body will dictate the consequences for their next life. This is karma. Rowini's parents worked very hard to support the family. Her dad works in construction, and her mom is a housekeeper, but they still struggle to provide food for the family. The only reason they let Rowini attend a child care worldwide life center is because of the meal she would receive there. The teachers at our life center are chosen very carefully. Rowini's teacher, Mrs. Satya, is a Christian, and she loves and trusts God. She loves teaching the children about God. Every Saturday, Rowini would attend the life center. She would eat a healthy meal, learn and study the Bible. She would memorize scripture and play games with her friends. Rowini listened politely to all the teachings, but she did not really take them to heart. When COVID-19 hit India and her neighborhood was shut down, her family situation became desperate. Both her mom and dad lost their jobs and had no way of supporting their family. They turned to their relatives, but they too were in a desperate situation, having lost jobs and income as well. Rowini couldn't bear to see her mom and dad in such despair. It was then that she remembered something her teacher, Mrs. Satya, had told her. Mrs. Satya said, Remember to pray and be thankful that Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life, and always trust in God. So that's exactly what Rowini did. She prayed. Rowini knew that Mrs. Satya lived nearby, so she visited her and told her about all the struggles her family was going through. Mrs. Satya prayed with Rowini. She talked and encouraged her. As Rowini was leaving, Mrs. Satya told her she would be praying for her and her family. Rowini went home and prayed for her family and herself, asking God what exactly the truth was. 
She was conflicted because she had grown up believing and living out the Hindu religion. Just a few days later, our Child Care Worldwide staff members came to Rowini's house and delivered life-saving bags of food for the family. Rowini did indeed discover that Jesus truly does care for her and that he loves her. I continue to pray for Rowini and her parents. I'm asking our Lord to break through to their hearts and bring them into his eternal family. I hear about life-changing stories from our staff throughout the world, and I know that God is leading and guiding this ministry of childcare worldwide. I couldn't be more grateful and humbled to be a part of all this. Could you join us in helping spread the gospel of Jesus to kids and their families? It's really easy. You just go to childcareworldwide.org. On our website, you'll learn about our unique form of child sponsorship and our programs that remove obstacles so they're no longer a distraction to hearing the gospel message, and it helps kids live out the life God has planned for them. I know you will be blessed when you give the gift of transformation to a sponsored child. I'm so excited for the program today because we're going to start a series on the beginning, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. I know most of us have heard the amazing account of God's creation of the world, but I never get tired of hearing it. And just about every time I do hear it, I learn something new. Our purpose in studying Genesis is not to prove or disprove various man-made theories or science. We're not going to be discussing whether or not the earth is young or old. We will be sticking to exactly what God's Word says. And it says, He created the world. Let's start with a question. Have you ever made or built anything? Do you build birdhouses, planters, or furniture? Maybe you've made a quilt or a blanket or a cross-stitch design. Maybe you've designed a brochure or built a website. No matter what we may have created or built, all of us probably have the same feeling in the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. We may be excited in the beginning, but as we get underway with our project, feelings of uncertainty and apprehension may slip into our thoughts. If you're building a wood table, maybe you start to question the length of the wood, or you wonder if you have the correct nails. If you're putting together a quilt, you might wonder if you have enough squares, or you may question if all the squares you've chosen really do match and look good together. I've taken on projects of building websites before, and I can tell you I've questioned my decisions and abilities all along the way. Even when the website was finished, I found things I wanted to change or didn't think things were good enough. God isn't like that. Amen? In fact, God is perfect. And what he created in Genesis and what he creates today has no flaws, no redos. God is completely satisfied with his work of creation. Let's start our time today with a brief overview of what the beginning chapters of Genesis have to say. First of all, we see the creation of man. There can be no doubt as to where we came from and how mankind arrived in this world. After reading the first few chapters of Genesis, how can any Christian doubt our origins? Non-Christians do, of course, but those who do believe in the Word of God shouldn't be confused. Secondly, the construction of our family is also quite clear. Our design was established right there in the beginning. God's plan as it regards marriage and family are very clearly outlined and very clearly stated. There should be no question of what marriage is or how to define what a family consists of. God did it for us. Marriage is between a man and a woman, and a family consists of a man and a woman who are married and have children. Period. Third, 
Genesis tells us about the origin of evil. In the very beginning of chapter 3, we are introduced to the serpent, or as we know him, Satan. This scene changed the course of a perfect life in a beautiful garden and introduced sin into the world. Fourth, in chapter 3, we are also introduced to Jesus as our Savior. Although his name isn't used specifically, it is the very first time the promise of a Savior is mentioned. And fifth, we read about justification by faith. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, we read, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham was given righteousness not because of what he did or what he said, or because he did any acts of kindness. He was granted righteousness because of his faith. Genesis is such a rich book filled with so many foundational truths. We're going to take a steady, gradual approach and cover as much as we can. If you've just tuned in, I'm Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, and you're listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. Today, we're taking a look at the very beginning, the book of Genesis. It sets the story for our life with God. In Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We've probably heard those words, recited those words, and made reference to those words many, many times. Let's talk about what they mean. First of all, let's talk about the word God. This is the first time in the Bible we read that word. This is the first introduction to the one and only true God of the Bible. What information can we gather about God from this very first sentence? What I'm about to say is profound, and it's not because I'm saying it. It's because it's written in the Bible. God was in existence before there was anything. Think about that. There was no earth. There was no universe. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. And yet, God was there. Can you even imagine that? Nothingness everywhere. No planets, no light, no people. But our God was there, and he was about to undertake a monumental task of building a universe just for us. What a gift. I can hardly wrap my mind around that kind of love. It's overwhelming at times. Our God is the only God there is. There is no other. He is infinite, enduring, and he will never change. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Just from that one sentence, we learn that God was in existence before the world began. Have you ever thought about that? What must it have been like for God to actually be there before anything else existed? Well, to learn more, we're going to go back to that same verse, the very first sentence in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's talk about the word beginning and what it actually means. In Hebrew, the word is bersheath, and it means the first event, what comes first, or the starting point. It's from the word beginning that we know there was previously no earth, no planets, there was nothing at all and that it was from this point forward that the earth came into being, and we know who created it. God created the world. God is the only one who actually ever created anything. We humans design things, we construct things, sometimes very beautiful things. But think about this. God is the only one who ever created using no pre-existing material. When he made trees, seed-bearing plants, and trees bearing fruit with seed, he didn't use any pre-existing seed, plant, or tree. He only spoke, and it came into existence. This is astounding. 
Let's jump over to the New Testament and look at the book of John for a moment. John 1, verse 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. First of all, when we read and hear the phrase, In the beginning was the Word, we know that in the beginning, before the world was created, not only was God there, but Jesus was as well. In verses 14 and 17, John identifies the Word as Jesus. And in the phrase, the Word was with God, we recognize a relationship between God and Jesus. The verses foreshadow a unique existence between God and His Son. Back to verse 3, it says, Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. This is a direct reference to God the Creator. John is telling us that God was in existence before he created the world. In fact, he's telling us that everything that exists has been made by God, and there's nothing that is eternal except for God. This is the picture we see in the New Testament, according to John, and it's the same picture we see in the Old Testament in Genesis. There's no doubt about it. God existed before anything else, and he created the entire world. How can anyone doubt this? Well. We know that non-believers doubt, and we pray often that their eyes will be opened. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What an amazing proclamation. We know that God was in existence before there was anything. He was already here, and He was ready to design the world we live in. We also know that the word beginning means that there was absolutely nothing material in existence before God. God was getting ready to make and order everything because He loves us so much. Literally, God was in existence ready to work. We're talking about the beginning, but I want to take you to the end of the Bible for a minute. Let's turn to Revelation 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. This praise is coming from the twenty-four elders who laid their crowns before the throne and gave God glory, honor, and power by saying these words to Him. They were acknowledging that God was the creator of the world and that He made everything in this universe. What a magnificent set of bookends! In Genesis 1, the very first book of the Bible, we read about God creating the world. And in Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, we read about the elders who are acknowledging and thanking God for creating the world. Isn't that amazing? The Bible isn't a volume of disconnected books, chapters, and verses. It's one amazing story about the love of God and His plan to save Christians. Let's wrap up with Genesis 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is the stage that was set for creating the world. God started to work with non-existent, formless space. The verse tells us that it had no shape. It was empty. There were no boundaries. There was no order. Can you even imagine what that must have looked like? I have a very hard time trying to picture that. There was no light. That means no day, no night. It was completely dark. Have you ever been in total darkness? Not many of us have. In total darkness, you lose your sense of up and down. You can't exist for very long in those conditions. Yet God did exist, and He knew exactly what He was doing. 
The Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering. What does this word mean? What do you think when you hear the word hovering? Let's go directly to the Hebrew text to find out. The Hebrew word for hovering is rahaf. The very first thing we need to know is that this word is a verb which implies action. Rahaf translates to move back and forth constantly. God was not still. He wasn't sitting and watching as a spectator does. He was active. He was moving back and forth over the darkness. This is what our God was doing right before he started creating the world for us. He was moving back and forth. He was active. If you've been listening to Delivering the Gospel Transforming Lives since the beginning of the broadcast, you might remember the question I first asked in our very beginning. But if you haven't, I'll ask it again. Have you ever made or built anything? Many of us, at some time in our life, have built or created something. We're usually excited in the beginning of our project and we can't wait to get started. But as we get going, we can doubt our assumptions. We wonder if we're doing the things right. We may wonder if we have the correct materials or the right tools. What would you do if you were going to create something and all you saw was complete darkness? How could you even see what to build or where to build? How would you know what to put together? When we build something, we want a design. We want a blueprint. We want instructions. When I was building websites, I had a design. I had an order in which to build it and I followed that order. I could see that order. But what if I didn't have it? Because I couldn't see anything at all. How would I be able to build that website? The answer is, I couldn't. In Genesis 1 verse 1, we read that our magnificent God was looking at something that had no boundaries. It was in utter chaos and total darkness, and yet God fashioned something orderly. He filled it with beauty, and he created this specifically for us because he loves us. What is childcare worldwide? Well, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in need. Childcare Worldwide goes beyond just basic needs and education by introducing children to the transformative love of Jesus. We work closely with local churches to disciple each child well, helping them grow in their faith and helping them find hope, not only for today, but for eternity too. Learn how you can help at childcareworldwide.org. I just love the book of Genesis. I can't wait to continue to study it with you here on Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. Personally, I'm so thankful that I know that God created the world and everything in it. He gave us everything we need, air, sunlight, rain. He continues to cause the sun to rise in the morning and the moon to light our night. What an amazing God we serve. As believers, aren't we fortunate to know about a loving God that teaches us about himself and his plan for us through his word? Sometimes our lives can be challenging. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe a family member is sick or perhaps someone you love has passed away. When we go through difficult situations like these, I absolutely cannot imagine going through them without the assurance that there is a God who loves me and has a plan for my life. And because I believe, I have a firm foundation that will never be shaken by circumstances. But what about those who do not know Jesus? What happens to someone who doesn't have the opportunity to study God's Word and know that God created the world? You're probably thinking they're lost, and you're right. They're lost to the evil of this world, and they won't spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. For this reason, I'm drawn to delivering the gospel of Jesus to children. 
Teaching them who God is and what He's done for them is amazing. And to think they can hear the call early in life and live free of worry, guilt, and discontentment. It's what I live to do. And that is exactly what we do at Childcare Worldwide. When you sponsor a child each month, you're giving them an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Savior and learn about His complete love. You are helping to give them a firm foundation that can never be shaken. I've visited children in our countries where we serve, and some of those kids live in extreme poverty. They can't even go to school because it costs money, and most families can't afford to pay the school fee. When you sponsor a child, your monthly donation helps with the cost of those school fees, giving your child the opportunity to get an education. In the majority of the areas where Child Care Worldwide sponsors kids, the entire family works. The older children babysit their younger siblings so that mom and dad can go out and work. The children are busy collecting water for the family. I know kids who have walked six miles a day to get water for their family. And if that isn't bad enough, the water they collect is filthy and it makes them sick. But when you sponsor a child, they attend a life center at a local church where they have access to fresh, clean drinking water. And speaking of life centers, they are the most amazing part of our ministry. As I mentioned, Child Care Worldwide Life Centers are held at a local church. Sponsored children come to a life center every Saturday, and it's here that they learn about the God who created this world and everything in it. I've been to many of our life centers, and let me tell you, these children are so excited to be there. They love seeing their teachers and their pastor. They're thrilled that they get to see their friends, and they really enjoy worshiping side by side with them. Seeing and worshiping with friends may sound normal to us, but for most of these kids, they don't get a chance to see their friends that often because they're busy helping to support their family seven days a week. Childcare Worldwide also ensures that these children are fed a wholesome, nutritious meal. It's very sad to say, but most of the time, this will be the only meal they get for that day. So many of the parents of sponsored children struggle to make ends meet. Knowing their child is eating a hearty meal means they can worry less. I've met these parents, and they are so grateful. Every Saturday, our Life Center pastor and teachers are ready to serve these precious children by teaching and engaging them with a Bible study lesson. It's here that they learn about Jesus and the one true God who created this world and everything in it. The children will have an opportunity to turn their lives over to Him. Believe in Him, trust in Him, and follow Him. Lives are saved for eternity. There is nothing more valuable than that. If you would like to have more information on how you can sponsor a child and give them the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, go to childcareworldwide.org. Child Care Worldwide delivers the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of kids in underdeveloped countries, providing for their physical needs and sponsoring their education. Long-term transformation is what makes Child Care Worldwide unique. Sponsored children are a member of a life center located at a local church and meet weekly for gospel-driven Bible lessons, scripture memorization, singing, and fellowship. The curriculum teaches children about God and His eternal plan for them. Visit childcareworldwide.org. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for creating the entire world and everything in it. You didn't have to do any of it, but you did it because you love us. Lord, thank you for your word 
Thank you for helping us to get to know you and be confident in the plans you have for us. I pray that those listening to this program today will be blessed by you. And if anyone hearing doesn't know you yet, I ask that you touch their heart and mind and draw them to you. I pray all these things in your Son's holy, precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. I am so grateful for you listening today. Blessings to you and your family. We'll talk next week. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.